flushing girl from flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss uh, uh, Fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield. It's the podcast about The Nanny, which is a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. And we are here talking about season four, episode 25, The Boca Story. I am Sean DePasquale here with... Toria Sheffield. That's right. And we are still recovering from our live episode. That was a night to be remembered, Toria. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was hungover for days. All the special guests, the pageantry. Oh, oh I, but you know what? I wish I hadn't crashed my Toyota so shortly after we recorded. <laughs> well, listen, important lesson for the listeners. Don't drink and drive. Oh, yeah. um, this week, we're talking about the Boca story. What mm-hmm. is this episode about, Toria? This is the episode where Sylvia is going to move to Florida finally. Sylvia mm-hmm. and uh, Morty and Fran mm-hmm. has to deal with the actual emotional reality of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I felt like they sort of implied Yetta might go with them too. Yes, Cause Yetta yes. was very involved in everything, but they don't ever explicitly say like, I'm getting rid of Yetta. I, I think it's definitely implied that like, yes, Yetta's going to go with them. She's paying for part of the mortgage. It would basically be like Fran's entire like nuclear family just leaving overnight, which is yeah. well, something she always jokingly – and I think not even jokingly, mm-hmm. like genuinely believe she wanted for so long. Like when, when push came to shove, she was like, oh, I'm going to miss my mom, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And th- and honestly, if we're talking like big picture, those were my favorite scenes of the episode probably is I really liked her coming to the realization that like, oh, wait, I'm going to miss my mommy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, it's easy to talk about, but like the idea of her not being uh, being so far away is really heartbreaking. And I thought that was really cute. Uh, the rest of the episode was kind of hit or miss for me. It felt a little all over the place. Um, although... Not as all over the place as the next episode kind of feels to me. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it did feel like they did. It's one of those episodes where it feels like they do a lot of work to get you to a place. Yeah, well, it's like they, they do a lot of work to get you to a place, but they, they didn't have to. Like this whole mm-hmm. – we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But so, okay, right. this episode starts with – it's Maggie and Brighton are in the kitchen with Fran – or they're in the kitchen, rather. And Fran comes in sneezing, and she's like, oh, I have terrible allergies. And she reaches for the tissue box, and she's like, oh, they're all gone. I thought this box was full. Where did all the tissues go? At which point, Gracie comes in with a noticeably full bust. So we realized that she's been stuffing her bra, which at first I was like, ew, 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 I hate it, I hate it. And then I was like, you know what? I think a lot of like 11-year-old girls do this. Um, And so it's probably very realistic. (laughs) Well, I have two thoughts on this. First, my first thought when Gracie entered the scene was, you know, again, wow, I really understand why this girl feels like she was just a prop on this show. Because they don't even give you a storyline to go along with this. It's not like this was an episode where Gracie comes to terms with like her body developing differently or slower than like the other girls in her class. It's just like, haha, she's got big fake boobies in and then they like pull a tissue out of her chest later. And like, that's kind of it. So I, I, I see even more. My other thing, my other point that I just want to touch on real quick is I have like a very vivid recollection of this being a plot line in a lot of sitcoms when I was growing up. And I don't watch as many sitcoms now, so maybe it's like just a consistent through line. But was this like 
an 80s, 90s fad that girls now stopped doing? Or do you think girls are still doing this? What, like, why is this such a relatable thing? Like, my sisters never did this. Well, they probably just never did it and paraded it around the house. Like, I think a lot of, you know, kids, when they're, like, experimenting or figuring stuff out, they, like, they see people around them. And then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, let me let me try that. Like, uh, my friends were just saying, they were saying how um they used to pretend to shave their legs. <laughs> my, friend, my friend Adia said that uh, when she was a kid, she would lather up her legs with lotion and then take her mom's blockbuster card and then <laughs> and pretend to shave. Like, you're kind of mimicking. And I think girls at that age are starting to, like, be like, oh, how do I look? Am I, am I, am I attractive? Um, but that being said, okay. uh, Maggie walks in and not, not Maggie, sorry, Gracie walks in with a more uh, curvy figure than normal. And I thought Fran actually handled this very well. She like, in, yeah. like Brighton's clearly about to make a joke and he's like, stop. She's like, stop right there. And then when Gracie <laughs> leaves, she's just like, we have to be very sensitive to your sister right now. You know, she's eager to develop. And then Brighton's like, yeah, we're going to have to go through the same thing with Maggie in a couple of years too. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, zinger. Uh, but zinger. then that, that's just setting up like a, almost like I would say a C plot, like a, a not, like a very subtle runner of this episode because the real plot is about to develop when Sylvia, she ent- walks in as always, like lets herself in. And she says she is about to head downtown to pick up a Sony Triniton TV, which she well, won. No, first, by- she says, I want a glorious 19 inches. And everyone <laughs> goes, I hope you're talking about a TV. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and she goes, yeah. So she won a glorious 19-inch TV that she, she won by filling out a questionnaire about retirement. And Fran looks at the paperwork and she's like, Ma, like this is clearly a scam. Don't go down there. And then she looks at it more closely and she's like, wait a second, Ma, this isn't for a TV. You, you want a like, condo in Boca or, or like you might have won a condo in Boca. So then yeah. all of a sudden Fran's like, okay, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because <laughs> she's like, oh, great. Like this might actually like um, be the best thing that's ever happened to me. Which so also then- like adorable 90s alert, but like I think it's so cute how a 19 inch TV is like a prize. You know, like oh, yeah. that's like the smallest TV you can buy now. Like that's I, a computer monitor. <laughs> I also was saying, uh, thinking to myself, I wish we had seen this episode before we recorded our 100th because we could have said that Sony Triniton was our sponsor. <laughs> I know. I know. It's all right. Uh, and what we did was what we did was great, but I was like, oh, that would be funny if we were like, and everyone's going home with a Sony Triniton. <laughs> uh, but so then we we cut to this actual meeting downtown, um, which is being run by this kind of like sleazy, like almost like timeshare-esque real estate guy. And it's all elderly retired people there and Fran. And they've also brought Yetta with them. And the guy is showing them this presentation of what this like kind of like retirement community that they would ostensibly buy into would be like. And he's like, it's a seven minute drive from a Lowman's. There's a 24 hour Cadillac dealership and it's right by the best prostate man in South Florida. And everyone like (laughs) literally starts cheering. And I just lulled at 24 hour Cadillac dealership. Like, like who, (laughs) just the idea that you're so eager to get that new Cadillac, like. Or that the demand, or that the demand is so high that they have to be open twenty four hours to just accommodate all of the people. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. And also, have you ever sat through one of these, like these kinds of like timeshare pitch things? I don't think I have actually. Only in TV. This was very, this was very accurate. Uh, We did one once. uh, An ex girlfriend of mine and I did one to get a free Disney World trip. 
And we, we got the, like, we literally, we got the, you get the trip first. And then they're like, in order to fulfill your contract with us, when you get to the resort, you have to go to one of these like two hour, three hour Mm -hmm. lectures about, uh, about timeshares. And, um, (laughs) we, we got really, really, really high, like we took like (laughs) mushrooms and smoked a bunch of weed. And then we put headphones in, in like like earbuds, okay. and like just sat in the back and just like <laughs> listened to podcasts. <laughs> and you're like, and I now own three timeshares, <laughs> and now I have three timeshares. So if you, oh, yeah, no. that was actually but yeah, great. but this was very accurate. This felt very much like we were also the youngest people there. Clearly, they're like snapping. You know, their 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 goal is to ensnare people that they can trick. Obviously, because otherwise, what's the point of any of this? For we sure. were just like a little too savvy. You know, we were like young and we were like, we're never buying a timeshare. So. Yeah. And and so, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. If you had, I found out you had a timeshare from like an, uh, an ex-girlfriend situation. <laughs> yeah, we so, share it. <laughs> uh, but I actually share my timeshare with her. So it's even less. But it's time cool. Like Elizabeth and I go there sometimes. Sometimes her and her <laughs> husband go there. <laughs> but so – we basically uh, we find out that yeah Sylvia she didn't win this but this the TV was like the lure to get her in for the sales pitch, yeah. um, and at first you know she's super impressed but she's like you know what no I need to discuss this with Morty and then the guy the pres- presenter goes and whoever is ready to buy can just head into the next room where there will be cake and coffee and then she goes you know I'm my own person. <laughs> stands up to go by. We then get to a scene that I was like, wow, we're really getting some movement in this department because it's middle of the night. It's Mr. Sheffield's bedroom. And Fran, she comes in in her robe and she literally just like wakes him up in the middle of the night like you would to like a spouse if you couldn't sleep. And she's, you know, and at first he's like, like, why the devil would you wake me up? It's the middle of the night, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I just, you know, I can't sleep. And I, I figured that if you were going through the same thing, I would, I would wake up and talk to you. And he's like, oh, okay. Okay. And he like kind of moves over and she gets into bed with him and like rests her head on his chest. Um, and she basically, you know, she's like, I don't know why I can't sleep. You know, it, it was a perfectly normal day. I, you know, I did this, I did that. Then, you know, my mom bought a timeshare in Florida, or no, my mom bought a condo in Florida. And he's like, wait yeah. a second. He's like, your, your parents are moving to Florida. And she's like, yep, roughly 1,372 miles away. <laughs> and, and he's like, well, you know, did you ever think that maybe that is something <laughs> what might be troubling you? And she's like, <laughs> No way, no way, not at all. And he's like, well, you know, maybe you should bring this up at your next therapy session. Like, this is a really big change for you. And she kind of like thinks on it. And then we just cut to her still in the bathrobe, still in the middle of the night, calling Dr. Miller. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 he's even like, he answers and he's like, it's 5.30 in the morning. Like, how did you get my home number? And she's like, let's just say there's about 30 Dr. Millers in the tri-state area that are a little PO'd with me right now. <laughs> So she clearly, when I was like, I was like, would this joke work before? Like, I mean, after phone books, phone books. Yeah. Cause it would probably be hard to, you, you know, cause you used to like, well, you know, with a phone book, you would, you would look up someone's name and there might be like 30 people with that name. It's interesting that your mind went there because I don't think the phone book is the issue that this joke wouldn't work anymore. I think it's cell phones because it's like most people don't have a home number and can, and most people either have their phone in a different room or just mute it when they go to sleep at night. So you don't really get the like, who's calling this house at 530 in the morning now? You know, like I remember, I mean, I can't tell you how much of my young life was spent like 
my brain power was spent on calculating how late or early I could call a friend's house, you know? Oh, or, yeah, you're or so right. The other move would be you would call one friend whose parents didn't care how late you got a call and be mm-hmm. on the phone in your house. And then another friend would call your house where you weren't allowed to get a call after nine so that you could switch over on the call waiting and talk to that other friend <laughs> so that your phone in your house never rang. <laughs> oh, that's so smart. And it, but also it's kind of sad for that friend that you're just using to connect to the other, to the third friend. <laughs> like, well, it would usually like, oh, be no, a girl. Danny, I'm not calling. Oh, okay. This would okay. be a girl scenario. So it would usually be like, I would call like a guy friend to be like, hey, my girlfriend's going to call me at like 10 o'clock. Can I like talk to you for like 10 minutes? And he'd be like, yeah, whatever. And then we'd like talk and then I'd be like, all right, she's calling. She's calling. I got to go. And he'd be like, have phone sex, dude. Bye. Click. You know, like. <laughs> but, you know, really, he was like, I wish Sean just wanted to talk to me sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Then he, then he hung up and cried. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Right. Okay. That's, oh, I guess that's definitely the type of ingenuity that like only adolescents trying to hook up would, would come up with. Cause I, that's mm-hmm. funny. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so she calls her therapist at five 30 in the morning and she tries to do this whole thing where she's like, I don't know why I'm anxious. Da, 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 da. And then she casually mentions her parents moving and he's mm-hmm. like, Fran, like, you know, this is a big deal. And he's like, separating from one's mother can be painful, but one must do it in order to become a mature and full-fledged adult. <laughs> and then, and then you hear, <laughs> yeah. and he goes, mother, I'm in a session with a patient. Yes. <laughs> so he's now Dr. Miller lives with his mother. Uh, it's great. It was very There's- Seymour Skinner. Seymour. Oh yes, yes. Oh my god. Yeah, it was I'm very Principal Skinner from from uh, Simpsons, going like, "Mother, you now you, I'm a, I'm an adult man, and I don't have to listen to you." <laughs> Seymour. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I've just had so many memories flooding back to me of that. Oh, um, uh, that's funny. <laughs> but so, uh, so then we cut to the next day. Fran is in the living room with Val. They both are wearing exquisite spring uh, colors and florals. I, I loved it. That they're really dressing um, Fran and Val in like a lot of springtime eastery things lately which is great um so but they're in the living room and Fran is she's literally complaining about her therapist she's like Val he thinks I have a quote abnormal connection to my mother that's insane and then she just bursts into tears and goes I don't want my mommy to move away (laughs) (laughs) Um, and oh and so one so then she while that's happening, Niles comes in moping because we did establish a little earlier in the episode that his last remaining single friend is getting married and he is in a funk about it because now he is his only friend over 40 who is single. And I'm like, who knew that Niles had friends? But but <laughs> so he is like, you know, depressed. That was like a, that, that was like a CC level burn right there. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Like, I didn't even mean it to be. It was an honest thought. Um, you should write for this show. <laughs> because when he like, said that, Cece should have been like, who knew you had friends? Like, that's a great. I know. I mean, hey, it's almost like we've been watching this show for a hundred episodes and it's seeped into our brains. Uh, but so um, so he comes in and he's just depressed because he has to go to this wedding alone. And, and so Cece also comes in and she's kind of like teasing him and making fun of him for being single and being depressed. And then he kind of hints like, oh, well, it's too bad because like I was actually going to invite you as my plus one. And she goes, please, I wouldn't go if you begged me. And then he goes, 
pick you up at eight. And she goes, seven, we'll have drinks. <laughs> and I just wrote cute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can clearly see them moving pieces into place for both the season finale and for next season in this episode. And then obviously in the, in the next episode, which is the finale. Um, yeah. But like, there's, they're, they're clearly like, okay, you know, and, and the thing that stands out to me about it, at least with the Maxwell and, and Fran stuff is it felt her getting in that scene where she like gets into bed with him, where she's like, you know, I'm your, I'm at least your friend. Like, let me climb into bed with you and complain at five in the morning. Um, it just felt, my first thought was like, just like, oh, they, they could have been doing this the whole time. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like you mean it, you mean in any, mo like it just, it, it actually highlighted for me how much like wheel spinning the writers had to do to keep this like, you know, romance, will they, won't they, where it's just like, mm -hmm. they're clearly comfortable enough with no, like, like no, like special event happened. Nothing like big changed. It's just one day she's just like, Hey, we're doing this. And he's like, yeah, okay. We're doing this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're going to get, we're going to get way more into it next week too. Yes. I know. I know. I know. I know. So we'll save some of that for, for that one. But mm -hmm. yes, it, they very much just go like, Oh yeah, we we could have just done this at any time. Yeah. <laughs> so well, all right. Go on. But then um this was probably my favorite scene in the entire episode because the doorbell rings and Sylvia and Yetta walk in and they're bickering about the decor for this new condo and um you know <laughs> sylvia is basically like i'm not gonna have you put you know brown pebble linoleum in my beautiful new condo and then uh so uh she had it goes oh no and she goes i want to do this one and it was like you know sylvia's is like you know very bright pink kind of like um uh oh my god what is the word of pastel like ice cream cones and yeah. she goes she goes at least mine's more appetizing and then yetta goes like you need more appetite and yeah. then, <laughs> then sylvia goes the doctor says i have a sluggish metabolism and i need to eat or i'll die she goes and if i do i will put it in my will that you will not be putting this brown pebble for cockles in my kind of like just like starts <laughs> shaking yet and like screaming like yeah she goes from zero to 60 so fast and it was so funny. And then Fran like witnesses this violence and goes, see Val, I can't tell her not to move. Look how happy she is. <laughs> They've also, they also earlier established that Sylvia has like terrible taste because when she gets to the, um, to the, to the timeshare lecture thing or whatever, the condo lecture, she, and she's like going to claim the TV. She goes, does it come in avocado? Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, that's the color TV you want, like an avocado colored TV. And so like they, they really uh, do good work in this script uh, for this episode. Cause they really do establish like her taste is garish. So whatever they're going to come in here arguing about, it's like, you almost go like, well, Sylvia can't be right. <laughs> in yeah, this argument. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. <laughs> ah, that was so funny though um and so okay yeah but so we established that you know yada and sylvia they're already doing their big plans for the move fran mm -hmm. is really sad about it but doesn't feel like she can say anything she doesn't want to rain mm -hmm. on their parade um and so later that day uh fran's in the kitchen making this like huge depression sunday and i was like man this really made me want a sunday uh and <laughs> Mr. Sheffield comes in and he's like trying to cheer her up. And he's like, you know, 
Um, and it's fine. I was thinking we could all go to Florida for the weekend. Um, and then as he's saying that, uh, just to remind us that this button, that this little runner is happening rather, uh, Gracie comes in and her, her bra is even bigger than before. And Fran's just like, <laughs> Fran's like everywhere I turn, just reminders of my mother. And we, and Gracie is like eating an Oreo and crumbs are falling on her giant bosom. And she's like picking them off and eating them. <laughs> Yeah, it's reminding me of Sylvia. Once again, though, the this little actress like kind of nails a Sylvia impression. Like she's doing clearly doing a Sylvia impression here, like with her body language, and she does a really good job. She's like standing like her and kind of like moving the way like she like moves her hands when she the actress you know Sylvia's actress moves her hands when she eats. It was really good. She's a great little mimic for sure. Yeah. Then, oh, so so Fran has burst into tears because she sees that. And then Mr. Sheffield's like, come on, like, Miss Fines, let's go to Florida. You're going to love it. You know, you'll have your own sweet free slippers, big shrimp. And like, even that won't cheer her up. And and then he slips in, though, that he's going to judge the Miss Universe contest. And that's why he booked the trip. And then she's instantly like, oh, okay, I'm going, you know, because yeah. she like doesn't. Well, first of all, a, she doesn't want him to be around all these gorgeous women without her there to like um, keep yes. an eye on him. But also I just wrote, I was not expecting this twist. And I was instantly like, okay, CBS must be airing this contest. <laughs> Me too. And then I went, oh, right. CBS was owned by Les Moonves at the time. Les Moonves is a known grosso who like offered many, many women like roles and acting roles in exchange for like, you know, Wink, wink. He was never quite Harvey Weinstein level. He never like was arrested. He didn't like, no one has come out and said he raped them, but he definitely was trading like roles for sexual favors. And I think it's really funny that A, he was like, hey, CBS has got to air this Miss Universe passing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then was like, and also, let's get some of these girls on some of our shows. Well, um, <laughs> and I actually, so I looked into it. Yes. The, the this episode of the nanny a, uh, aired May fourteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Miss Universe was May sixteenth, nineteen ninety seven. So this was. was like you know free advertising, <laughs> and it it was in the Miami Beach Convention Center, and uh, it was the first Miss Universe edition to be produced by Donald Trump. So it's a big double whammy. <laughs> oh God, those poor girls! I know they had Trump and Les Moonves lurking at every moment uh -huh. around every corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh so yeah, that was, right. so that gets Ugh. us to, to this this part of the episode that again I was not expecting, which I call it B roll city of Boca. I I also, by the way, I also in my notes I have in parentheses. Did CBS have the Miss Universe pageant to promote? <laughs> so mm -hmm. we both thought the exact same thing. And then yeah, we get a lot of B roll of Miami, a lot, a lot. But they had to save their budget because next episode they are going to send Fran and Mr. Sheffield to London. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and so we we cut to Florida. We're at the Miss Universe contest. Um, several actual contestants are there. The current Miss Universe of the time, who was Alicia Alyssa Machado, who I think was from Venezuela. She actually has a line where she comes up and introduces herself to Fran. And Fran goes, ah, from who's the boss? Because that's <laughs> Alyssa Milano, which is really funny. Yeah. And then this girl, she's actually very sweet because she's talking to Fran. And then Fran just bursts into tears and Alyssa Machado's like, oh, like what's wrong? And she's like, I just saw a contestant who reminded me of my mother, <laughs> Miss Hungary. 
<laughs> it made me laugh. I just thought that is so funny. Like if you had a friend so who loved funny. to eat and you just called them Miss Hungry. That's so funny. <laughs> it was such a great joke. Um, and then, you know, she she ends up talking to Mr. Sheffield, who's like, you know, I think he's actually talking to the to the Miss USA contestant and and she's oh bef- sorry. I kind of cut ahead because before she starts talking to Miss Venezuela from the year before and crying, she's actually in a pretty okay mood. She's pretty cheery. She's not even that bothered by all the gorgeous women around her. And um, she goes, I saw some of their mothers and I know where they're headed. (laughs) So like, she's not, she's not even like, you know, um, threatened by them being around Mr. Sheffield. But then she sees Miss Hungry and she gets really upset. And she's just like, you know what? Like, I just want to go home right now. And I'm going to, tell my mother that she can't move to Florida. And so she goes up to Mr. Sheffield and she's like, I want to go. And he's like, I-, I can't like, you know, the, the contest is tomorrow. Like we can't just leave. And she's like, Ugh. and then she goes over to one of the producers of the show. And she's like, isn't it crazy that, you know, Maxwell Sheffield's cousin is Miss USA. I think he's giving her tips right now or like something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. She just goes straight to sabotage. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, to be like, oh, you know, because clearly, like, that would be a huge conflict of interest, and he would have to get mm-hmm. fired immediately. So, and he does because <laughs> the next scene is he's in the everyone's now piled in the car, and he's like, basically, like, I can't believe they thought I was related to Miss USA. Like, yes. I, they, they somehow they thought I was her cousin. Like, I'm British, you know. Yeah, it was and just like- <laughs> it's very silly. Yes. But then he tells Fran. He tells her they're going to the airport and like the whole family is in the car and he tells her they're going to the airport and then instead of going to the airport, she's like, I think we're lost. And then he's like, just kidding. We're not going to the airport. I'm taking you to where Sylvia is going to move because I I think if you see what a nice life she's going to have here and how like happy she could be, then maybe you'll be able to imagine a world where Sylvia doesn't live uh, in New York. And then we cut to Fran's <laughs> weird world where still she has, we have like an imagination scene and it goes like, and then we're in this like world where Fran or Sylvia has now moved to Boca and basically Fran and Maxwell are super sexed up. <laughs> yes, yes, because his, his exact line is he's like, did you ever think that some good might come from your mother moving away? And then this cuts to her fantasy yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and basically he's like, the kids are at school and there's no way your mother will interrupt us. And they basically just like, you know, collapse into each other's arms. And and in her mind, it's like, oh, so my mother moves away and I get with Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> Yes. Um, but then well, then we come back to them in the car and she's literally like a huge smile on her face now, right? Like she's mm-hmm. clearly like in, in one instant is like, oh, actually, it's great that my mom's going to move. But then they pull up to the address and it's literally just a swamp. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I think Sylvia's been scammed. And Fran's mm-hmm. like, like uh, it's okay, it's okay. As soon as possible, we'll just get her deposit back and then we'll buy her another one as soon as possible. <laughs> She's like, literally, no, no, no. Like, I was just getting on board with this. So then we come back to the mansion. Everyone's home in New York again. And Fran is now eating another depression Sunday, but this time because her mom is not moving away. Um, and then... 
Mr. Sheffield comes in and he starts talking to her and it's actually playing out almost exactly like the fantasy she yes. had a few minutes ago where he's like, where the kid and it's like at school. And then he's like, Oh, does that mean we're alone? And they kind of start getting flirty, but right as they do, Sylvia appears and she just goes, <laughs> ugh. I've been tasting Kung Pao beef for two days now. <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and, and she literally she, just, she literally just appears like, like they're yes. talking and they're having this like very like quiet moment. And then all of a sudden Sylvia just is behind them. Yes. And then she I takes laugh. this. Oh my God. I laughed so hard. <laughs> and then she takes the Sunday and walks away. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, nope. that's an yeah. episode. <laughs> the episode. And, then, and then the button on this was just like a very silly little thing where, Oh, uh, oh my I god, nod. you're bored oh already. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, a funny little thing where um so when they were at that like kind of condo timeshare type meeting, uh Yetta had seen this other elderly man and said like he has great hands or, or it looks like he has great hands and Fran was like Yetta and she goes no, I mean for opening pickle jars. So then this button at the end of the episode is Sylvia's going like, <laughs> "Oh, yeah." Almost there, almost there. And then we zoom out and it's just the man opening a pickle jar for her. <laughs> it was Yetta, wasn't it? Or was oh, it Sylvia? Sorry, sorry. I said, you're right, right. Yeah. I was like saying yeah, yeah. Sylvia. I meant Yetta. I meant Yetta. Yeah, it's Yetta at the end. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah it, was a, it was cute. Cute episode. Uh, you know, I think they like could have gotten to where they wanted to get to a little easier than the, than, than the journey we, we took, but it was fun. Listen, it's about yeah. the journey, not the destination, I guess. Well, and when you think about it, they had to figure out how to shoehorn promoting Miss Universe in yes. this episode. <laughs> and that's, you know, like, that's why it did feel like a left turn because, like, literally yes. all, like, they didn't have to go to Florida at all for this ultimate um, no. realization to have happened. Um, no. But they did not. No, she Sylvia could have just burst in the living room crying and being like, it's all a scam. I lost the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. They like, there's a million ways they could have done it. Um, mm-hmm. All right. I guess that means it's time for... A segment. Segments. <laughs> and now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments. Uh, All right. Favorite lines and moments. Um, okay, I kind of already said a bunch of mine, but I I love when Sylvia was shaking Yetta and screaming. You are not putting brown pebble linoleum in my gray and mauve new. Oh, she goes in my gray and mauve nouveau riche condo. <laughs> the fact that she even calls it nouveau riche as if it's a good thing killed me. Um, <laughs> like, oh, um, it's so nouveau riche. It's so nouveau riche. <laughs> I, I really, it was interesting. I didn't have that many one liners this episode. I loved, and I called out the one I, the one, my favorite one was the Sylvia's glorious 19 inches or. I forget the exact, but the 19 yeah. inches joke I thought was really, really good. The Alyssa Milano joke I thought was really good. The Miss um, Hungry line. The Miss Hungry line I thought was really good. And then the other one that I really liked was the, I well, it was really more the delivery, but it was Dr. Miller screaming, Mother, I'm in a session. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was just so, so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, though. That, that was basically it um, in yeah. terms of like actual lines. Um, yep. 
And then, oh, I mean, I really like the CC Niles exchange where the, it ends with, yes. you know, it's it's almost like at this point, like they both understand that as much as they like go back and forth, like, of course, like they'll still go on a date basically. <laughs> um, for Yiddish, we got Fakakta when, when Yada is, yeah, when Sylvia is yelling at Yada, like, you know, this, you're not going to put that Fakakta uh, linoleum in my in my condo, which basically means like shit, like manure, you know? Yep. Okay. For nanny trivia, this is more an update and I actually need to pull it up on my phone because if you guys yes. will remember in the, uh, I should have pulled this up because, but, oh, here. So in the episode where uh, Fran is trying to slip song lyrics to that young rock star woman like Tasha or something like that um she and Val are waiting at the wrong location and then they end up jumping into the car with Jane Meadows and Mm -hmm. you and I were both like I don't know who that is and I had said oh I you know what I should like ask my mom because my mom knows all this stuff um she's basically like you but like 30 years older than you were you know like just a TV like sponge. And mm. um, so and clinically com- depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wildly unlovable. <laughs> but so, no, no, no. Well, first of all, um, um, she, out of nowhere, like truly just a text out of the blue one today. She goes, Jane Meadows was Audrey Meadows sister. Because she listens to the podcast, which I always forget. So this comes out of nowhere. So she clearly got to that episode and she goes, Jane Meadows was Audrey Meadows' sister. Audrey Meadows played Jackie Gleason's sarcastic wife on the very famous 50s television show, The Honeymooners. Then she says, well, first of all, she interjected with how she sent me some fungus medicine in a tub. But then she she just goes right back into it. Her sister was very famous being on The Honeymooners. You should look at quips. She always tore into Jackie Gleason. And then she says, is your face better? It works pretty fast. So, <laughs> so, that, so that was her trivia. Um, turns out, guys, also it's not a fungus, but I thought it was. I just want to quickly get in because I've decided, even though I inconsistently stick it into episodes, as long as I put it somewhere in the episode, I've done my job. Uh, mm-hmm. This episode was written by Karen Lucas and directed by Dorothy Wyman. Okay. Ah, nice and nice. Okay, but yeah, yeah. so that was that was some insight from my mom. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I guess that you know, again, like if you were if you were someone watching TV and watching these shows at the time, I think you, you know you know who's connected to who. Like you know that like you know Zoe Deschanel is. Emily Deschanel's sister, and I'm sure in like 30 years, if someone brought that up, if a couple of like, you know, younger people brought that up, they'd be like, what? So it's just kind of that stuff that you learn just by having been there in the time. Um, I'll Mm -hmm. also say this. I truly forget that my mom listens to this podcast. And I think that it's partly because she enjoys it, but partly to try to track my health from afar, because I will often get these (laughs) texts where she's like, are you sick? You you sounded like you had a a cold, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, it's just her desperately still trying to to mother me from any way she can. But anyway, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that trivia, Mom. It was actually super useful. Shout yeah. out to Linda. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Linda. Okay, uh, no, and then- Fran or Cece. Fran or Cece. Okay. Um, well, I mean, 
I I really had a tough time with this one because I moved away from my parents. So like it it was like I never had that like I wish my mom would move to Boca or whatever. Also, we're from Florida and we live pretty close to Boca. So mm. <laughs> even if my mom moved to Boca, it would be a lateral move, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I had a real tough time with this one, um, but I did used to stuff my jeans with a sock. So <laughs> I. <laughs> no, I was going to say you were probably. We've talked about this before. You're not the Niles anymore, but I thought you could probably relate to him before you found Liz. Before oh, you found just each being other. So lonely and broken yeah. and not having a date. Well, being a, I mean, you've always said this, like before you and you know, you guys found each other, you were no. you were not happy I being single. No, yeah, you were no, not I happy wasn't. being single. It's true. I, I, I absolutely I guess that would have been the character that I would have related to um the most would would have been Niles's discontent with like, you know, uh because he's yeah. not like an incel. He's not like, I hate women. He's just like, I am sad that I'm single. Yeah, he's a nice person and he's lonely that he doesn't have a companion. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess that would have been it. But I just don't relate uh, to that anymore. I'm happy. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. that's I guess that's good. But I, well, yeah. meanwhile, I, I actually related to the Fran because uh, I feel like, I mean, even – even though my mom, you know, was making a good move for her life, like when she retired and moved out of our house that I grew up in, it was, you know, it's a struggle. Like I was like, why, I was like, why can't she just live alone in that house forever so that I can come home and be in mm. my bedroom and I can mm -hmm. always have like my thing and my routine. And like, that's my house. Like, it doesn't matter where I go, but that's my house. So it was, it was a very, like, it didn't matter that I was an adult. There was a very childish mm. impulse of like, Oh, but why can't she just be my mom forever? Why is she going to be someone's wife now? <laughs> interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, we never, I never got that because we moved a lot. So like, I never had like a home that was like my child at home, you know, it, it was, and then when my grandparents passed away, my mom moved in with them. So then mm. it was just like, all right, well, she lives in my, you know, my grandparents old house. So I guess that feels like home kind of, there's just not enough rooms for all of us. So yeah, there is, I guess now there is a little bit like, man, I wish you hadn't turned that one spare room into an office because you guys <laughs> have a bed. Yeah. I mean, it could also be, I mean, I hate, I hate always bringing it down to like, Oh, is it a, is it a man versus woman thing? Blah, blah, blah. Or girl versus guy thing. But didn't you also say that like, you know, Liz's mom moved away and made a, you know, it was a good move, but it was like tough for a while. Like when you're, you're like, yeah. Oh, I, I, you know, I'm in my head, it doesn't matter how old I get. Like I'm still the baby. And like, that's kind yeah. of how I feel. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And I think maybe guys are more like, see ya. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, uh, bye, mom. It's been real. Thanks for Yeah, guys are like, I got a wife. I have a new mom now. <laughs> Thanks for 28 years of momming, I guess. All right, I'm moving to California. See you later. <laughs> I'll catch you hey, on the flip side. <laughs> you know what? My mom always said, I'm, she always used to, she goes, I'm glad I had daughters. And she goes, a daughter is a daughter for life. A son's a son until he takes a wife. <laughs> My mom says that too. And uh, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't want to marry my mother. So, and I do. No, that, so. That's not what, no, no, that's not what it means. It means that daughters, even when they have a husband, they like will come home. They're going to prioritize their parents. They're going to like, you know, be like mm. solving problems at the house. Whereas men, 
when they find their person, they make that their, that is their focus. Right. So it's like, you that's- know, um, which I'm sure there's so, there's so many people where that's like not the case There's so many like devoted sons, but it's just this sort of neurotic sort of like, um, probably toxic thing that a lot of women <laughs> believe that like my son yeah. will leave me when he marries, but my <laughs> daughters will always be mine. <laughs> healthy for both genders um yes. <laughs> healthy yes. for both sons and daughters uh all right and on well, that note that's on an that episode note, listen, that was it this is the penultimate episode of season four so i'm very excited to close out season four with a bang next week and if you are as excited as we are for the end of season four let us know drop us a line at oh mr chef pod on instagram and twitter or or at oh Mr. Sheffield podcast at gmail.com, uh, where you can send us an email. Still, to this day, no one has sent us a single email. <laughs> um, I say it every episode to try to guilt people into sending us something, but no one has been moved by my pleas for emails. Because um, Instagram so is the that. same. Instagram so much easier, and it's the same. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, I bid you adieu, Toria. Uh, until next time, Sean and listeners. Goodbye. The blushing girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>